Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. I encourage you, if you haven't already, check out my website, sayitskillfully.com. We are actually doing some changes on that, so look forward to folks' input. And please sign up for my mailing list, which will include my short newsletter with some tips to help you use your voice so we're all understood. And today we've got an awesome lineup of callers, and I am thrilled to welcome my friend Alex to the show, who's also in the Raleigh area, which is my new stomping ground. Alex, how are you? Good. How are you? I got to admit, I'm going to miss, you know, when we used to have our calls, hearing the ambulance and stuff in the background as you were transitioning, but, uh, you know, it, it's welcome to the, welcome to the town. <laughs> exactly. There'll be no more sirens. I know it's just a peace and quiet, maybe some birds, you know, but, but someone's got to do it, Alex. <laughs> That's true. So my friend, I'm curious, what uh, challenging uh, situation or conversation is on your mind? Well, there's a couple of them, but this one I think kind of embodies. Uh, so uh, yeah, you may know, but um, so I'm in the IT field and and I've, I've seen a couple of changes in this this particular situation kind of invited a few of them, so I thought it'd be kind of fun. Um, there's in our field, there's always a lot of changes, and in this one this one particular situation, um, there was a document that would then spawn off a number of different workflows. Right? And I don't want to get too deep into the into the workflow, but the point is, um, this document was responsible for a number of other workflows. Uh, my boss's boss was in the making of some changes in, in the name of improvements. I had started a document. My boss's boss went in and said, okay, that's a good start. Let me do this. Didn't let no, didn't let my boss know. It was just uh, not malicious or anything, just communication in the way that they were trying to change everything. So then went through and, um, I went in, I had some other things I had to update, went to go get approval for this piece of information to uh, to fly, and I needed my boss's approval. My boss saw that particular piece of information that the you know his boss had put in and ordered me to change it, not requested, not asked politely, just, you will change it. And I informed him that that wasn't my change. The boss had come in, I got to check with his boss, and then he got upset that I had to check with his boss and it just kind of devolved from there. And then he ended up hanging up. I then called him back and said, hey, this is not a, a good way to engage with me. Um, you know, is there another way that we can you know, work this out? He, the simple reply that I got back was, I'm not here to make friends. And then I hung up again. And so I, I think the art of politeness is starting to wane a bit. So anyway, so, uh, 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 hey, is that a fun one? Did I pick a good one? Jeez, <laughs> I'm sort of like, wow, 2023. <laughs> I'm just like, this is a little, you know, I might, I might be dating pre-2000. Okay, so Alex, give us a little context. How long have you worked for 
this boss? And would how would you characterize at least before this experience your relationship? Sure. Oh, sure, sure. So it's a so it's a relatively. Um, it was, so I was at the company for a while. Um, this was a relatively uh, there was some shuffling going around. And this was a relatively new boss. Very clearly not. Um, uh, they they were brought over from a straight technical background. Um, maybe didn't have all of the uh, leadership training um, that they should have had, and just kind of um, was just treated the job as a job and not as a a place to engage. And I understand there is a difference between hey, I, let's not make the job your life and. You know, that's where all your friends are and all that good, good stuff. But I believe there's a good balance between being collegial and being, you know, friendly, being polite, gen, you know, general rule of thumb. Um, but I have seen uh, in certain places where it's starting to be people, the art of conversation is starting to get lost. And once it gets to the point where you just can't agree on something, I'm just going to take my Legos and go home. So that that was kind of the that that, that was the gist. Is there any more information I can help fill in for you? Well, so let's start with uh, listeners. Now I have the simple framework: me, you, and we. So let's start with Alex. So first, as this is going on, Alex, how are you feeling about it? Like, what's going on for you? Oh, I I was um, shocked, stunned, frustrated, <laughs> angry, and then once the angry subsided, I was like. Okay, what are my options? Because my, yeah, you know, I, um, I went through a few things, and it, it, and uh, um, I'll tell you how I resolved it. But that, was, but I figured it'd be a good situation to kind of run past you. <laughs> okay, that's great. So I think it's great to acknowledge, and, I, and listeners may laugh, but lots of times we don't know what's going on for us, and it really is important to just kind of get within and say, okay, what's going on? Totally legit to be angry or frustrated or what have you, but just think about emotions that perhaps don't serve us as we're trying to rectify something and to be able to let that go. So I can see you have a, a very objective view about it, Alex, which is fantastic. So then the next thing is once you can kind of get out of your own way in terms of that emotionally, it is just asking yourself, what do you want to have happen? Right? And so to be very explicit, like, well, what do I want to have happen? Uh, so let me ask you, when you went through this, what was your wish with this new boss? Uh, so, at my wish for the new boss was the at the time I needed to. He was new. I was new to him. I was trying to establish a good rapport. So I had two goals: one, establish a good rapport. I'm not saying we're going to go out for beers after work, but at least establish a good uh, ex set of expectations, you know, um, standards of uh, performance, that kind of stuff, right? And so, you know, here. That was the first goal. The second goal was if I didn't get that him to approve that form, the rest of the work didn't get kicked off. It would then be my – and that's my responsibility. I think it's my responsibility is to provide an outcome. And if the outcome is sitting with me because I can't get approval to sign – right? The outcome is not, oh, my last form won't approve it, so it's you know everything's got to stop. That still falls on me. I still need to find a way to get that approved. Yep. You need the project approved. Okay. I got it. 
Great. Yeah. So it's, I'm just helping with listeners. Sometimes they come to me and I'm like, well, what do you want to have happen? And they're like, whoa, and said, okay, you need to be clear on what you have want to have happen. So I hear what you tried to do. So um, when he shuts you down the second, you know, or time, what have you, it, it, your thinking is, hmm, this isn't going very well. <laughs> Got it. And obviously, you know, I, I might just throw this in a values bucket in that the value of the collegiality or what have you isn't there. So now you're like, I'm dealing with a different beast. So, but you, you really need him to approve it. So I guess in your own mind, so I know, were you like going to make the change so that he could approve it? Is that kind of the thinking that you had? So now you're getting into my, my core beliefs and my core belief is, is no, there was no way I was changing that in any way, shape or form for the simple at the end of the day, I still have to be able to look myself in the mirror. I, he was asking me to knowingly change a false, change a, an incorrect value, right? And so I know that that value was incorrect. And if I changed it and kicked off those tickets, the amount of work that would have had to have been redone would have been crazy. So I was in kind of like, a, okay, if I accept it and I get him to submit it and it goes through and it's wrong, I'm going to, you know, my, my reputation takes a hit. If I don't get him to submit it, then it doesn't go through and my reputation takes a, takes a hit, right? So that was the, that was the situation that I was T-charting out. Um, and the, the part that I think is important, and I think um, at, the ability to stick to your guns. Like if you know something's wrong, I'm not saying to do it when, you know, it's difficult, but I've, I've always been trained and I've always been taught that, look, if you know, without a fact, like some, like I know his boss went in and made those changes. So if I change that data, it's going to be incorrect. Yep. I was not going to change that. But in my view, that wasn't the problem. Right? My, the right. problem was not whether or not I was going to change the, that data, right? Because that just that just makes it a bad contest, contest between a battle of wills between him and uh, me, and I would lose that battle on that principle. So I needed yeah. to find a way to get him to approve it without, uh, you, you know, with all the kind of good fun stuff. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Okay. Now I'm crystal clear on this. So, um, I think the speaking part of this may not be going great. So this might be a situation since you gave it uh, a couple shots and then the hang up thing. And let's just, let's just pretend the guy's name is Mike and, and it might be, you know, Mike. Um, and if you think about the, you know, what is going on for Alex and you, with Mike, you know, we don't know what's going on for Mike, you know, his mother may have cancer. I mean, there could be a lot of bad things going on for Mike. So let's not assume um, anything that we don't know. Um, but we want to assume positive intent that ultimately, even though maybe mm -hmm. he doesn't seem like it, he wants to do the right thing. And it might be, you know, dear Mike, I'm reaching back out. First, you know, I I, um, I sense that, you know, talking about this wasn't something that was going to work. So I wanted to try uh, writing. And first, I, I just want to know that I'm, you know, glad to be working for you and I'm glad that you're on the team. Um, and I really do want to help you and the team be super successful. So that's your, your first line of intention. You know, I, um, I'm here to kind of help move this project forward and be transparent with, you know, we have a disconnect here and this data change. So 
um, I'm in a bit of a tough situation. I really want to submit what the right information is. What I'd like to suggest is that we create some transparency and I'd like to loop in blah, 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 who made the data change because we all, we all win if we have the right data submitted. So I just want to make sure that we all submit the right data. Is that gonna be okay with you? Right? And, and you're just kind of giving him a next step. We're not saying I'm gonna escalate, but at the same time we're saying we really wanna have the right answer and you know, I want to have the right answer. You want to have the right answer. Is that gonna, you're asking him? Is that going to be okay? And I think how he replies would be very telling. So that might be a next step that I would have tried at the time. Um, why don't you let us know what you think about that, and then share what you did do? Okay. Yeah, I, I like it. So, and boy, am I glad you said a couple of things because. I would have hated to tell you what I did, and then you went, "Hey, that was way wrong." <laughs> so, uh, so basically, what I had done was, uh, I I really liked the to, the adding in the be successful part, um, and uh, the project to to move forward. Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pencil those in for if I need those again. Um, the way that I uh, kind of addressed it. Um, was I sent an email, um, copying the, you know, his boss, the one that made the change. And I said, uh, hey, gentlemen, uh, I believe this form, you know, I know we're all, we're all finding our rhythm. I believe this form is as complete as I could make it. Um, there seems to be some confusion on this one particular piece. Can I please get final, uh, confirmation so that this, uh, can be completed? And then, or so they can be then submitted and moved on. And I copied them both and hit send. That was my, that was my solution. I love it, Alex. I love it. And so talk to us. What, how, what was the reply? Uh, so uh, I didn't get any, all of a sudden it was approved. I didn't get a confirmation or any kind of a response back. And we had a much more formal uh, re relationship after that. So it was strictly, it, you know, it was, it, I was very careful to be very specific with what they wanted accomplished. And then to be honest, I worked for them for like another uh, month or so and then found another opportunity because that just wasn't my, it, we were not going to be on the same page. It was just not going to work. Wow, I'm very proud of you. So will you talk to listeners about this? Because I think oftentimes people feel very trapped, understandably, because you can't necessarily just, you know, yep. on a whim change in big organizations. So I think, um, Alex, and I've always respected you for this, you know where you're at. Just talk to them about the thinking process. And then, you know, some of the conversations that you had, you know, you, we don't want to throw anyone under the bus. It's just about, hey, it's not a good fit. So just curious how you navigated that. Oh, yeah, sure. So part of it is experience, right? So after there's going to be like in that early part of your career. So I've been chewed up a lot, you know, and I kind of developed, uh, hey, this is okay and this is not okay internally. And because I've you know, kind of been seasoned a little bit, I think is the fancy word they use, right? So and because I've been seasoned, you kind of, <laughs> You get a better gauge as to, you know, what's, what's going on. In this particular case, um, they, where I didn't appreciate the way that they were, it's not okay for somebody to 
completely just kind of like throw stuff at you. It's, it's never okay. Um, you know, and so but sometimes you have to determine the, the level of not okay that you're willing to accept in order, you know, for your circumstances. Because I get it, right? I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I've got three kids. I've got pets. I've got lots of things that if I don't have employment would make things a lot, make life very difficult. So it's not a decision that I undertook lightly. So my steps were, you know, as you taught me, Molly, and I'm not just, you know, hey, it's just a, hey, why is there something that happened? Is there, you know, I did try a couple of times, ask them out for a coffee or, you know, informal chat, you know, it was virtual. So it makes it a little bit tougher to do that, but still just try and find out kind of where, where it is they're coming from. So, you know, um, I always try and, um, you know, like you said, always, uh, never think, always, good intent, always, always think of, you know, that they're, they're coming from a good place and that I'm not in their shoes. Right. But after a little while, once it's determined that that's not, if they're having a bad day, that'll go away. That'll subside in like a week and a half after, after I copied the, you know, the, the boss, there's one of two things. There's one of two conversations I could have had. They could reproach me because they're my boss. And then they said, Hey, uh, Hey, thanks for bringing the confusion to my attention. Here's how we're going to handle it, blah, blah, blah. But to get radio silence, that just tells me that there, and it's my experience, right, that there's a certain level of insecurity there, and they're not willing to accept my help as an employee to help them get stronger in their position because it, 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 I look for ways for my boss and for me to make each other stronger, right? And once I'm not getting that, and I understand it's not that, it's not given the environment and given all the other different things that you can you can do. It's very difficult to try and, and uh, move between jobs. My approach was to um, look in different fields. Um, so uh, I'm currently employed at uh, cruise lines, right? So I it, I started off in um, public sector uh, and doing K through 12 education. And I've gone through finance. I've gone through um, uh, higher education. I've gone through finance. I've gone through stock exchanges. And uh, I've gone through tech. And now I'm going through cruise lines. So even though it feels hopeless, never lose hope. And I know that sounds kind of you know odd. But don't be afraid to try and look outside your normal field. Little things pop up. This... Uh, um, this, the, the job I currently have at, so I'm currently employed at Norwegian Cruise Lines uh, as an enterprise architect. That was a, it just, if you looked at my search history and LinkedIn as, as I was going through different, different things, it just kind of popped up, right? Little things like that. So just because, you know, you just have to, the age old adage, if, uh, you know, one door closes, another door opens, make sure you're looking in, don't just keep looking to the, the immediate left or right. Sometimes you got to look a little bit farther and then you'll see, oh, there's the door. You know, you just got to um, figure out what it is. And ultimately, and this comes down to you, how, how much not okay are you going to take? Um, and then that was kind of how I went through it. Does that help? Yeah, Alex, I'm so proud of you. And for listeners who've been on the show, you know, 
you have to just value yourself. And Alex, I'm really proud of you for, you know, staying true to yourself so you feel good about it. And then you're willing to do the work and it can feel a little risky perhaps, but to be really open and then that's how you can create opportunity. And by the way, gosh darn it, those people tend to be a little bit luckier. So that is just genius. Um, we've covered a lot. I'm kind of curious, what is your top takeaway for yourself after this little chat we've had? Oh, my top takeaway is, uh, yeah, um, so you may not know this, but when we, we first met, um, I was a slightly different, a little bit more aggressive <laughs> um, employee. So the, the, had that the person in that situation, if, if I was that person, it would have been a much more different conversation and would have been a, a really good lessons learned for you <laughs> on what not to do because I had a much more different approach. But what I've learned is, you know, through that whole experience is that uh, um, even though I was, you know, I knew I was in a bad situation, I did feel stuck, right? Because I was worried that, okay, am I going to be able to get a new job? Is that new job going to have all the same benefits? And blah, 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 blah. But I knew that staying where I was wasn't going to last very long. Once I got out, just having that confidence to be able to shift gears like that. So if something's not okay, I'm not saying hey, jump out as soon as the water gets too hot. But what I am saying is, you know, it, it's okay to develop that skill. So when you, because you're going to get put in a position where things are not okay. And once I got out and once I was doing other things, I was much happier. Like even my wife came up to me and noticed that, like I didn't realize that when I was miserable having this conversation and I was trying to shield my family from it, my wife still picked up on it, right? And she goes, hey, you're, you know, you're, you're not as happy as you used to be in, you know, some of these other good things. And so I, it impacts you. And now, and now she, she noticed the change and she's like, Oh, or when I had made that change, she had you know, noticed that there was a good change. So. That's awesome. That was I my, am this, I, 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 I love it. I love it. Um, you're a very bright light. You are a part of the solution, really helping people speak up and use our voice. Alex, if there's any way I can be a little bit helpful, you know how to reach me and I'm glad we're back in touch. Absolutely. And really appreciate that time today. Thank you. Yeah. You take good care. Ciao, ciao. Oh my God, folks. That is so fabulous. What a heartwarming story. Okay. We're heading over to the Boston area now and I am thrilled to welcome Mary to the show. Mary, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Molly. Thanks for having me today. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, so just to do a quick little bio about me. Um, so as Molly said, I'm from the Boston area. I'm currently working as a clinical director in a health insurance company, um, but I have 35 years experience in the healthcare industry, working in software implementations, training, IT operations, and project management. Um, and then my side gig um, is I'm a certified mindfulness instructor and I own my own company called Mind and Body Wellness, and I've taught mindfulness in schools, the community, and organizations. Um, so the story I was going to talk about today is a, a story from a past company that I was at. And that was around, I was working for a medical practice at the time as a manager of a young applications team, and they were responsible for supporting the electronic medical record for the practice. And one of the responsibilities of the team was was to create reports based on the system. And so we had a long list of requests from the COO, the chief operating officer. 
and we would meet with her weekly to review the status of the reports. And I got along with her fine. I mean, I was fairly new. Uh, I, mean, I was new. I actually only lasted at the company for four months, which I can explain later. Um, I got along with her fine. But when we would get into this meeting, she would just like very be very strong armed. She would put a lot of pressure on us and like hammer away about the progress. So I initially was a little surprised about how tough she was, even though she was a tough person, but I was just surprised. So I knew that we were working hard. I knew we were doing the best we could. Um, and because of this, I would stand my ground in defending my staff. And of course, I'm still trying to make a good impression because I was fairly new. But then what I did is I, I stepped back. I decided to step back and I thought, like, why is she being this way? Like, you know, I think she likes me. Like, why is she being this way? And I, I did know that she liked me, and I did know that she respected me. So after pausing, I said, oh, it has nothing to do with me. Uh, she was getting pressure from the CEO who was looking for her to deliver on metrics. So all she was doing, which I guess she, I'm assuming she didn't realize, she was passing the pressure and stress on to us. Um, so what I decided to do is I changed my tactic and my communication style. So I would go into these meetings and I softened my approach and my language. And I would say things like, I understand. <laughs> I see where you're coming from. And then I would validate her sense of urgency. And the meeting vibe totally changed. It, and it became more collaborative. Like we would sit there and just like having conversations about, about the reports that she needed. And, but the funny thing is we didn't necessarily get the things done any quicker. Um, but all that pressure, like or that stress that she just, so I think once we, she felt like we were being supportive of her, um, we, she then became a little bit less stressed. Um, now I have a couple more comments to make, uh, you know, about how I, uh, my approach and then how I didn't stay there at this company for very long, but I, maybe I want to just pause here, Molly, and see what you, if you have any comments. Well, I'm very blown away that you had the ability to pull yourself out of kind of a going off the cliff situation where you're just kind yes. of wondering. So I am curious. Mary, were you like, did it just, was that an aha moment? Were you talking about this with a friend and you just kind of realized that you could come at it differently? Because this is not easy to do, right? Because you're in something and you're kind of in a certain mode and to be able to kind of pull yourself back and seriously pivot is not the easiest for most. Yes. And I, and I did realize that also I'm trying to make a good impression. So I was, you know, I had this extra stress on me too. And I think this actually goes back to my mindfulness training. And when I, and so when I, my, when I do my mindfulness, my, I do an eight week course, I actually tell this particular story during, during the training. And I mentioned to people, and I think this is what I started to do is, um, I go into meetings now, what I call with an open heart. And, and if I need to be reminded, especially with, in this case, with these meetings and any meeting where it can be antagonistic. Um, I wrote, I write OH on a, on a piece of paper. That's of course when we had in-person meetings. Now I do post-it notes on my monitor as a reminder. 
And really what it was, was the reminder was to soften, right? To soften and then be aware. I mean, really checking in with yourself too about what's going on, like especially if that person is causing you to react. Why am I reacting to this person so much? And part of it was because I was trying to make a good impression. Um, but then also trying to understand the perspective um, of her um, or, you know, any other people in the meeting. And so I, I do go into meetings with a certain philosophy, which I can ta also talk about. But um, I think it was really a lot of had to do with my mindfulness training to step back, uh, to pause and just it's around awareness. And, and really, a lot of people I talk about this a lot have do not have self-awareness and they just don't realize how they're being in a meeting. Um, so I, I think that's that's the reason. Yeah, I love it. I think that's fantastic. Open heart that comes up a lot in the work uh, that I do. Let's focus on this COO. I'm just going to call her Emily. And if um, I'm just wondering if you had conversations with Emily about how you noticed that she was showing up differently in the spirit of helping Emily perhaps gain more self-awareness. Yeah, I was trying to remember back. I think at the time I did not because we were both new, but I actually got pretty friendly with her. She was fairly new too. She had been there maybe six months prior to me. So we wound up um, commiserating a little bit um, about the dysfunction within the um, executive leadership team um, and within the medical practice. So I got to know her a little bit. I don't know if I specifically, I don't remember if I specifically talked to her about this this particular situation and how she was acting. Yeah, yeah. It's all fine. No good, bad, right, wrong. For listeners' sake, well, I'll throw out something that we can play this back and forth because I think that this is all part of the problem, all part of the solution, right? And we want our leaders to be aware and like we want to be aware and nothing will change if people don't say anything. So it really is you know, we all need help. We all have blind spots and we need people to help us see them and to make shifts. Um, and so it sounds like you had a good relationship, rapport, and it can be a light thing. And, and it can just be, you know, I'm just reflecting, Emily, that I, you know, wow, you know, you've come a long way. Pause. And, and she might say, what? Or she may not <laughs> say anything. She says, well, let me, let me just share when we first started working together, we had this first meeting and my experience was X, right? And then she kind of lands and she might go, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you know, and so I just, right. I want to give you a lot of credit, Emily, because, you know, you were really great to me, but I'll tell you, a lot of people were super scared of you, right? Or whatever other people's experience might have been. And just help her acknowledge it, get it out in the shared reality notion of being open, but also giving herself credit because she was able to make a shift. Right. And, you know, to just kind of connect the dots on that is a great way to deepen your folks relationship for sure. But also for her, hopefully, to realize that, you know, you have you have the privilege of leading a team and they don't grow if you don't grow. So her right. ability to showcase and be explicit about how she grows, I think, is a great and necessary role model for the team's that you know she has uh, that she's leading. Yeah, absolutely, and I and I think she would have. Well, I think she, I could have had that conversation with her. I think she would have received it well. Um, you know, 
you know, in other companies I've been with, it, you know, there's always a conversation around women on the executive team and how they have to portray themselves differently um, to, to be with if it's a, mostly an all-male executive team. Um, and I think a little bit, she had a little bit of chip on her shoulder, I noticed. And it wasn't, it wasn't an all-male executive team in this particular instance, but I think she was also out to prove, uh, prove herself. And I think she probably would have uh, appreciated, actually, yeah. if I had a little bit more of a, um, that conversation with her. Yeah. Listen, I call this the mortification. Like the things that I've done in the past, you're like, did I really say that? Did I really do that? I mean, so everyone listening, we everybody does it. Okay. We have these colossal, we can't believe we did that. And we did. And it's part of her own growth. And the question is whether you use it as a boat anchor to keep you from moving forward, or if you acknowledge it, own it, and then are able to move forward. So, I mean, it, it's really a choice on that front. I'd love to hear uh, this chapter two here, you know, that you ended up staying not so long. Yeah, it was only there yeah, short term, it was only four months. And, and I did make some improvements in the communication between the executive team. Um, they didn't get along, and none of them get along, got along. Uh, so it's a long story. But it, for me, it became clear that there really were some fundament, fundamental philosophical differences in leadership style and communication. And as much as I was trying to impact that, um, the stress and it wound up affecting my health um, was not worth it. Um, so I chose to leave. Now, there's a little bit more to the story here where I was reporting to the CIO, the chief information officer in charge of the uh, IT team, and I had worked with him previously. And when I worked with him previously, I told myself I would never work for him again. <laughs> uh, so you see where this is going. <laughs> uh, so lis listen to the voice, right? Listen to the voice. Um, but I was looking to get out of the company that I was in, and he kept hounding me. He was hounding me for years to, to come work for him again. Uh, so I, I made the choice to do it. And I remember a friend said to me, well, Mary, if you, if you go and it doesn't work out, at least you can use this as a stepping stone. And actually, that's exactly what happened. I, at the company I'm at now, I don't think I would have gotten the role I'm in now or the salary if I didn't have that particular role. And it didn't matter that I'd only been at the company for four months. I mean, they asked me the question during interviewing, um, and I had a response for that, but it did not impact me um, getting another job very quickly. And um, yeah, so the, uh, yeah, it didn't work out. The, this, the CIO, he just was, wasn't a very good, he, he really liked me and he respected me, but he was MIA a lot. Um, so he wasn't always available, he wasn't accessible. Uh, he wasn't a good leader or a good manager. So um, I was able to do what I could and support my team, but um, I wasn't willing to stay in that situation anymore. Well, good for you to stand up for what was right for you. Did you have a conversation with your friend slash not great uh, CIO <laughs> leader? About yeah, I was up front with him. I was. Um, I did. I, and, I, and I wound up actually going to CEO also. Um, on confidentially about about the, his behavior, and um, I think it was a while. It took a while, but he eventually got let go from that company. 
And, um, but yeah, I, w- I was friendly enough with him. I mean, we had worked together, worked very closely together, and we worked very well together on projects. So, yeah, I was very upfront and I told him. Good. I want to encourage listeners because I think that this is an easy thing. It's not so great. You want to leave on a good note, but you don't think you can say, quote unquote, bad news and leave on a good note. And I would challenge us all on that because if you don't say something, what comes up is, well, this person left for personal reasons or what have you, and they're not really confronting their internal issues. It's not yours to solve, but it is yours to say, hey, I loved it here. I'm going to be really upfront. I think there's great people. These were some of the behaviors. These were some of the actions or what have you that for me didn't resonate with the values that I saw that you wrote. I want to just be upfront with you about that. No hard feelings, but I do feel like if I were in your shoes, I would want to know. And so I, I really want folks to feel empowered because that's how you're part of the solution. And it's good that you're going on to greener pastures that are right for you, but you've got friends and and colleagues who are there. And sometimes when you leave, you have the ability to say things that maybe they're not as able to, and you can be a real advocate potentially, hopefully for some change. Yes. And Uh, and one other quick comment is I had my young team, you know, I said to them, they were of course upset that I left because I uh, was very, I was a really good uh, leader for them. Um, But I said to them, I'm not telling you to leave the company. Um, but I am going to tell you that you deserve better. And they all wound up within probably three months, they all left. So, yeah, and they this, went on to great things. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah this is great. And I, I do want to just continue to encourage people because, you know, you, you have to decide what you're worth. And it's, it's okay. Sometimes you're in a suboptimal situation, but it makes sense and that's okay. But be intentional about it. But I want folks to know there are places, great places out there where you can spread your wings and fly. So there are great places that are great leaders. The greatest leaders also know that they are always learning to continuing to grow, et cetera. And I just want to really encourage folks to keep the hope, as Alex said, um, that there's really great, great opportunities that are a better fit out there. Uh, I would, in another show, love to hear more about the mindfulness because I'm really, I can tell how that's just helped you feel, be very grounded. So it's wonderful that you're also helping people um, to develop that skill. Uh, but I'll just close with, you know, we've covered a lot. What's your own top takeaway, Mary? Um, yeah, li- listening to, to Alex and yeah, I, I think, I think it is being true, being true to yourself. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's hard because everybody wants to make, you know, a good impression. Everybody wants to, um, you know, nobody likes to leave a company in short term and you want to make a, you want to make a good impression, but I think bottom line, I think if you, and this is how I, my philosophy is, I'm direct, I'm on a front, but I'm also respectful and kind. And unfortunately, there's a, I find that's, that's an exception, not the rule. And so I'm trying to spread that message. But this is why I love your company, and that's why I reached out to you after you did that webinar for the Global Wellbeing Program. So um, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Mary. You are a big part of the solution. If there's any little way I might be a little bit helpful, you know how to reach me. Um, You take good care and uh, we will cross paths hopefully soon. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. So fabulous. Okay. We're going on, uh, we're going to Ohio now, the great state there. And I am thrilled to welcome Tony to the show. Tony, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Thanks, Molly. I'm glad to be here. I am really curious to hear what is on your mind. Well, I am um, learning how to lead a team of leaders. 
So I've got, I've, I've had some awesome experiences in the past where I've, I've managed some just incredible teams, but the, the type of work that they were doing, you know, you, you always want your, the people that, that depend on you to feel empowered and to take some piece of leadership, I guess, to grow into to the feeling that they are a leader of some sort. Now it's, it's somewhat literal. I've, I manage a team of business relationship managers at a, a large agency, you know, a state agency. And it's, a, like I said, it's a large agency. Um, each of the program areas, I guess you would, you know, in the private sector, you call them business units. But in the, in the public sector, we call them program areas. They all used to be their own agencies. And so there's, there's a, a little lack of minimum viable consistency as, as far as process and the way that they interact with things. And so my business relationship managers are, relate, are responsible for that relationship between the program area and our IT shop. And for an agency so large, that's the, you need someone in that role um, to broker uh, their, their needs, you know, their service catalog, their, their strategic direction that they want to go from a technology standpoint. So they've got a lot of personalities, so to speak, you know, in leadership positions. And I inherited my team. I've only been with the agency for a little over a year now. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm super blessed. I've got a lot of experienced people. The newer people who have been hired since the pandemic um, have a lot of experience. So they brought a lot of even private sector experience into this. So it's, it's, I've got a lot of great people that I'm working with. Um, but this is where I'm, it, it, it's unique for, for, in my experience where I'm literally building people to develop their own leadership um, relationships with people at a high level. They, you know, they're trying to step up that executive presence. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to establish a trusting relationship within our own team and I guess I'm looking for some opportunities or, or maybe some suggestions or coaching from you on how to help them develop their own trusting environments with their own customers, the people uh, that are depending on them. <laughs> Did you just go? Yeah. No, I said, oh, no, I love it because oh. I think this is, no, this is the most important part. It, it is about, as you know, you heard, heard Alex say, uh, same thing with Mary, that connection component, you know, that you just can't skip it. There's no skipping. You don't kind of come back to that. And the ability, you know, you're, you're relatively new in the role to be able to really invest in the who are we, how do we best work together um, so that we win individually and we win even bigger together. I mean, that's just the ultimate of being on a team, right? So, it, the fact that you have the intention, Tony, I think is first and foremost, because I think a lot of folks in situations, and it's very important to know what you're measured on and why you're paid. So let me just cut to the chase. We're not trying to hold hands here and I'll be gushy. You do need to know, right? What is it that moves the needle, you know, whether you're, you're what you're measured on, right? And, and that's real. And you want to make sure that those, those metrics are things that you think are the right things, right? So that we're all gunning for um, the right level of accomplishment. 
No, but in order to get whatever work done, the people part is what fuels that. So, you know, I think the idea of modeling it from the top so that the experience of Tony and your team is something that is very safe space that then they can then emulate potentially with their next, I call it next level of concentric circles, right? They kind of expand out. And so that, so you can consider it, this is kind of a lab and to be able to create truly safe space um, is to me, you know, like the fundamental piece and vulnerability is the must for trust. So that ability to spend time, you know, I, I do an activity with, with people, whether they're super senior or they're entry level about your life journey and the ability to share the stuff that was tough, struggles, the hard stuff. You know, people, well, my CV, I went here and I won that, I was awarded this, I got this. And, and that's not what life is all about. So to the extent that you've got your folks, you know, you can, and you know, it sounds like if they were all their own agencies, you can say, look, at, I got it. We have a lot of chiefs here, you know, own it, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Say, and what, what's your leader? What's the vision? I would love our reputation to be X. Like, let's think about what's our high dream. What, how, if, if I ask people from around the other parts of the agency, what do they think of our team? What do we want them to think, right? And what is that sense of who are we together? And so that ability to, to go into the personal stuff, um, every time I've given folks at any level the chance to truly go there, to talk about the tough stuff, the embarrassing things, the bad things, what have you and still be loved and respected, people go there. Because people are dying to be who they are. No one wants to parade around as somebody else, really. So I yeah. can see your genuine intention, right? Tony, you can tee that up and, and you know, what do we know about each other? And by the way, we want to play to our strengths and we want to mitigate our weaknesses. And you have to have the vulnerability and the courage to be upfront with, I'm not so good at X. You know, newsflash, folks, there's lots of stuff <laughs> lots of us are not good at. So we want to make sure we're able to be really upfront about that so that um, we can get help from our friends for the areas we want to grow in or just avoid the things that we really can't do and think about, you know, how does, how does our team function? What do we think are our norms and how do we want to be? Um, and then the ability for folks to say, look, at you've done this. We've created this. What do you think? And then, you know, how can this be something that you do with your teams? whether they're within the agency or perhaps a, a broader collaborative, you know, the same thing applies. Right. Right. And, and I, you know, that vulnerability piece definitely um, resonates with me. That's kind of a path that I've been on um, for quite a few years. So it, and we are fully remote in our positions. So this emphasis on our, you know, relationships actually is in our, our title. So, we have to focus on that. And I've noticed that it requires such a, a higher degree of intentionality to, to create those, those relationships. And that's definitely something that coming into the agency, um, so many people, so many things going on and just having to, to be okay with having to come up with a virtual version of dropping into somebody's office and um, doing that with my own team as well it's it, you know and I'm, I'm looking I wrote down metrics because you you that was one of the first things that you said so how would you say from a you know because when we're talking about relationships we're talking about qualitative maybe versus quantitative and and maybe this is too big a question but when it looks 
do you have a take on metrics from a qualitative perspective when it comes to relationships? Well, here's, I'll take it both ways. I think the quantitative on that, this is, this is the number that I use with teams, which is here we all are. And to what extent when we're together, is everybody saying what needs to be said? You know, is someone willing to say, you know, Tony, I think that we did X, Y, Z. I don't think it went very well. I don't think that was the right move, right? Or are they just kind of thinking it? Everyone's thinking it, but no one dares tell the boss. And when you really ask that question, and, and you, know, you can say, hey, Tan is 100% fully self-expressed. There's very few teams there, which I'm not even saying is necessarily the case. But you're going to get two to eight, right? People, if they're really honest. They'll be like, I'm a two. I'm like, I'm going to watch it from the sidelines. And, and that's where you start to say, where are we as a group? Are we willing to put it out there? It doesn't have to be done in an aggressive way. It doesn't have to be done in, in a super sappy way either, right? But how can we really be upfront um, with each other so that we're putting it out there, particularly when we have disconnects? Because if we don't, you know, this is Alan Mulally had a forward, I can't manage a secret. We've got to know when there's disconnects. We've got to know when it's not going well. The bad news has to travel faster, right? So I think that you can measure that quantitatively. Um, you know, I guess qualitatively for me, it's, it's, it's a lot less stressful when you can just really be free to be who you are and share what your thoughts are. And, you know, I think qualitatively, you know, you heard from a Mary, you heard from an Alex, you can hear from them when it wasn't so great, you know, that, that you know, spouse could tell that you're not in a good place and, when you're in a good place, there's a feeling of flow. So I think qualitatively the, the flow piece, and that doesn't mean there aren't bad things happening. It's how do we respond? Oh, fan stops spinning. What do we do? You know, is that a call to action game on or are people afraid of being blamed? You know, what is, what's the reaction for people? Yeah, that sounds good. And the blaming thing that I find that uh, pretty funny in uh, government because unless you're pretty high up the ladder, this whole blame thing doesn't usually happen. Uh, people don't get in trouble. So, uh, but people often use that as a, an excuse for not doing things. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I think it's so great when you can call it out and then just see, see what it is, for what it is, and then call it out. You know, I think what is fascinating for me is you seem like you're so into it. So I'm curious, what's hard for you, Tony, in le being leading leaders? Um, the... The fact that they are paid to be autonomous, it, it going from um, being a little, I think that's control issues, Molly, really. <laughs> it just boils down to my control issues and having to, uh, which is another path I'm on as far as surrender. You know, I just kind of have to, that gets back into the trust. So I, I need to be very, very clear with my expectations. I need to respect these people because they've all got superpowers. Um, and then just, just figure out where my, you know, one of the things, and I think it was Colin Powell, I would love the position or the, he said, you know, it's not, and I'm paraphrasing here. It's not the leader's job to be necessarily up front. It's to be in the position of the most influence. And I'm still kind of trying to figure out where that is. And because of my team, I can do that individually, not necessarily does it have to be at a team level. I can do that situationally with each of my, my leaders. So I think that it's letting go of my control issues, being very clear with my expectations, 
um, and then just trusting and trust, trusting and verifying and coming up with the right metrics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got a great awareness. So this is the thing. Don't make it hard on yourself. Ask folks, you're here, here to make you successful, right? Yeah. Um, the thing that you have is you do have a vantage point, an ability to see the whole in ways that others don't. So being generous and sharing what you see, sharing what you may be hearing that they don't get, right? That's a huge advantage or value add that you can provide. And then that notion of, you know, what are you, what are you doing and how can I help? And I, I was, when I was at Cisco, a very senior person said to me, I said, what's the one thing that you would change in the company overnight? What would make the biggest difference? He said, if everyone just, instead of wondering about themselves said, how can I help you? We could like change the world. Right. And I know that that's not to be done in, in, you know, it's to be done in a way that's truly like, here, I'm here to remove obstacles. I, I can't, you know, I can't help you through tough times if I don't know about them. And to truly be there cheering for people, removing barriers and helping them grow in the ways, the ways that they think they need to grow and offering the ways that you might see that they need to grow that they don't see. And, you know, that everyone knows that the more senior levels, it isn't about doing the work. It's about helping the people who are in charge of all that um, execute. Absolutely. Yeah, well, we've covered you. a lot. That, we've covered a lot. We go on. Ta one top takeaway from you, Tony? Can't manage a secret. I like that. I really like that line. I'm, I'm definitely taking that with me. Okay. Well, I attribute that properly to my dear friend and inspiration, Alan Mulally, who not only led Boeing, but turned around Ford and literally an American icon and um, one of the greatest all-time CEOs. So comes from a good place. Uh, Tony, you are part of the solution, my friend. I'm cheering for you big time. If I can be helpful in any way, you know how to reach me. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, folks. So fun. Um, I am going to quote my friend and former chairman and CEO of WD-40, the little metal can with the bright red top, Gary Ridge. Uh, my thought for the week is what he just shared today. Mindset is everything. The way you look at the world is the way it appears. Telling yourself you are capable, confident, and going to crush the day with kindness not only lets you change your world, but the world of everyone around you. Finally, I appreciate the fantastic folks who make this show possible, the crew at Voice America going 24 by seven and the bright light Eric Patton who supports every episode of the show and the driving force for the Say It Skillfully website and all our social media. That's a wrap folks. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways and know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality. Essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is solvable. Communities are proving it. And it begins by understanding that we can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. The U.S. spends billions each year responding, but it's clear more resources alone aren't enough to solve this complex problem. Community Solutions is a nonprofit working alongside 105 U.S. communities, proving it is possible to make homelessness rare and brief, starting with veteran and chronic homelessness. 
these cities and counties are fundamentally changing their approach and have committed to get to zero homelessness using real-time, person-specific data to work and use their resources wisely. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org. See if your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name and need? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness can't be solved. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too.